Thank you. Thank you to everyone. Uh, I love being in worship uh, with our community of faith. As we come and offer our music, our songs, our prayers, uh, God really comes and meets us here. Uh, God's presence fills us. And I pray that God can also speak to us at this moment. The passage that we've read today, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, right off the bat, we're not very comfortable with language about slaves and masters. And we have a very uncomfortable modern history with these words. And Jesus' story about the slave, it seems kind of harsh. What is Jesus saying, really? Is he saying that we should treat those who work for us very harshly, like don't appreciate them and just expect them to do more? Is he saying that everyone in an inferior position should just keep their head down and do as they're told? I don't think we should generalize this passage to apply to every situation. It's not a license for bosses to abuse and uh, exploit their employees. It doesn't mean that you should just accept any treatment from your bosses or superiors. In this story, Jesus is talking <clears throat> to his disciples. He's talking about the nature of discipleship, what it means to follow him. He's telling them what their attitude should be when they serve others. This is what he said. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you've done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. He's telling his disciples that when you serve, don't think that you're something special. Don't expect gratitude or recognition. Just do what you need to do because that's what you should do. Serve simply for the sake of serving because that is what you should do. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is how Jesus lived his life. It was how he saw himself and it's what he did. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus didn't serve others to make himself feel more special. He didn't seek recognition or appreciation. He simply served. He lifted others up. His service was humble. He tried to teach his disciples to serve in the same way. And near the end of his life, this is what he did and said. Jesus got up from supper, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had reclined again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. The disciples had so much to learn about humble service. 
because at first they all wanted recognition. They wanted to feel special about serving others. I mean, amongst themselves, they got into arguments about who among them was the greatest. They wanted to enjoy the status of being alongside Jesus. I mean, this is at least when his ministry was going well. They asked Jesus if they could be at his right hand and his left hand in glory. That's what they were like. But Jesus was completely different. He didn't seek any benefit from others. He didn't weigh or calculate who was worth his time and who wasn't. He just did what he believed he ought to do. He simply served. And when I look at his life, I think he lived the most beautiful kind of life. I think that a life serving others is the most beautiful way to live life. And I think at some level, all of us wish we could be that way too. I mean, I think if it were easy, we all would, wouldn't we? The fact is, serving others, it's not easy. When we serve, very often people don't appreciate it. They don't respond to what we do. I mean, they're just too busy uh, doing their own thing to even pay heed. And so many times, people just don't care. And if anything, when you serve, all that ends up happening is you get criticisms and complaints. So then you start to, we start to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? You know, I mean, life is busy enough trying to stay afloat. We have enough things to take care of, enough responsibilities on my plate, and after that, there's so very little time and energy left. Why should I spend what little is left to serve others when no one even appreciates it? So when this happens, the easy thing to do is just forget about it and then just live for myself. That's the easy thing to do. This world is full of ways to enjoy and live life for yourself. I mean, the pleasures of life are endless. The whole economy is caters to our pleasures. We're surrounded. And we can literally spend our whole life pursuing pleasures. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I think it's great to enjoy life's pleasures. Sometimes when I'm just beat and tired, uh, I just want to enjoy and relax. God has given us life to enjoy and so many blessings to enjoy. And that is all great. Sometimes we drown in a sea of pleasure and we can't get out. Sometimes, uh, you know, we serve. And we serve out of a sense of duty and obligation. And I think that's still better than not doing anything at all. It's good to have a sense of responsibility. But there's a danger when you serve primarily out of duty and obligation. Danger is self-righteousness. When duty and obligation are the driving force of your actions, self-righteousness is a great trap. It starts to inflate your sense of worth. You begin to think that you are special. Self-righteousness demands affirmation and gratitude from others. It demands praise and recognition. You know, serving 
is supposed to bridge relationships and restore the gap between people. And that's what Jesus did. By serving others, Jesus restored their place in the community. Those who had been outcasted and rejected, he healed them and he brought them back in. But when self-righteousness is at the root of your service, it doesn't bring together. It divides and separates. It separates you and creates distance from those you are serving. Because you start elevating yourself uh, by putting yourself above others. You elevate yourself by putting others down. So you create distance. Self-righteousness is not humble. Self-righteousness makes you a smaller person with a small heart. What's the antidote to self-righteousness? The antidote to self-righteousness is love. When love is the root of service, it doesn't require praise and affirmation from others. Love serves simply for the sake of serving. Serving becomes the extension of love. Serving is love in action. Jesus served from love. The reason we cannot serve like Jesus did is because our love is so small. Because our love is so small, we cannot serve just for the sake of serving. We need affirmation and praise from others to be our fuel in place of love. The disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. He said, increase our faith. They said this when they saw just how small their faith was. This was also the response of a, a man who had a sick son, and he came to Jesus, and he asked Jesus to heal him. And Jesus said, all things are possible for those who believe. And so the man in response said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. You see, the journey of faith really begins when we see how small our faith is. This recognition is the necessary precondition to a genuine faith. It's humble awareness of the reality of my lack of faith. And so in the same manner, the beginning of learning, to really learning to serve others, is to first recognize how small my love is. But as I reflected on that, I think, you know, I think many of us kind of know, already know how small our love is. Humble awareness is not the issue because we are too aware. But then we take, make, take that and make it an excuse to do nothing. We don't believe we're equipped or adequate enough to serve. We don't believe that we have the heart to serve. And so that's why we say, oh, that, I mean, that, that person, I admire that person because they, they have a heart to serve, but I, I just don't got it. And so we kind of give up. And my friends, giving up is not the answer. Our life will not become richer or better by just giving up on serving others and then just 
letting myself focus on me. When we, when we see our inadequacy, we want to run away. But my friends, don't run away. Just like how the disciples proclaimed, increase our faith, our cry must be, increase our love. Dear Lord, I see how small my love is. Increase my love. I've made this an excuse to do nothing. Increase my love. I have become self-righteous. Increase my love. Instead of serving, I have striven for praise and affirmation. Increase my love. Genuine spiritual life is to experience the overwhelming vastness of God's love. It's to see how small our love is compared to the infinite size of God's love. Spirituality is an encounter with that much bigger love and to be drawn into its orbit. It's to be drawn into a world that is so much bigger than the little world I'm living in. That is what spirituality is. That is what we are trying to do in our spiritual journey. Just get out of our own small world into the bigger world that God wants to bring us into, lead us into. This is what all the major characters experienced. This is what St. Paul experienced on the road to Damascus. He had been driven by self-righteousness. I mean, he had a lot of zeal, tremendous zeal, but it was very self-righteous and he, he elevated himself by pressing others down, especially followers of Jesus. But somehow when he met Christ, he began to see how small his love was <clears throat> and how great and vast God's love was. And that's when his blinders of self-righteousness started to fall off and he entered into God's much greater realm love. And with that love, his life was transformed and he raced to serve others. Yes, my friends, the love we have, it is so small. We all know it. But the good news is that just like the tiny mustard seed, God takes our small love and multiplies it. In faith, we give that tiny little love that we have in our hearts, we give it to God. And then God, who is faithful, takes it, waters it, nurtures it, and lets it grow and lets it flourish. God grows that tiny mustard seed into a great flourishing plant. And as that love inside of us grows, then service naturally flows out of it. It's an amazing thing. We can't even see what that is happening, but that is what God does. Jesus shared a parable about the time of ju judgment. He tells the righteous to stand at his right hand because they fed him when he was hungry, gave water when he was thirsty, welcomed him when he was a stranger, visited him in prison, and took care of him when he was sick. But the funny thing is uh, the righteous, they respond this way. Lord, 
When was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? They did not even know that they were serving. This love in their hearts, it just spilled out naturally into their everyday life. And so for them, serving became like breathing. We breathe, but we don't even notice it. When this love grows in our hearts, then that is what it becomes like. Serving just becomes a part of who we are and what we do. From love comes a life of true service. Our prayer should always be, take whatever small love I have, O Lord, and multiply it. My friends, seek this love. Pray for it. Cry out for it. And God will make our lives so rich and abundant. That is a good life. Life of serving one another. That is the blessed life that God wants to bring about in all of our lives. We all know there is a lot of hurt around us. We remember the indigenous children who were taken away from their families and who continue to suffer the traumas. We remember all those suffering from mental health challenges and isolation. We remember those struggling under financial strain. We remember those suffering with illness. We remember and see the needs of those around us. Serving others is a beautiful thing how we're supposed to live. Live a beautiful life serving others. Make room in your life with love. O oh Lord, increase 